So today we're going to be talking about confidence. Okay. And there's two different ways I've looked at this. There's kind of self-confidence and then there's God confidence is what I, is what I kind of put together. Yeah. So self-confidence versus God confidence. And what my goal is today is to kind of break this down and see why both of these are important and how both of these are needed. I believe, I think for me, I need both of these to be a productive part of God's kingdom and this church body. It all kind of started with a le- an email letter that I received from the VA. Now, just a little background. I still have Facebook, but I deleted my app. Got sick of the, the, the nonsense. Not saying it's all nonsense, but it wasn't worth it to me to keep it on my phone. So if I get on Facebook, I got to actually do the old-fashioned way of typing it in. You know, Facebook.com and putting my email in and, and then putting my password if I can remember it. And guess what? Since I deleted my app, I haven't done that once. Because <laughs> that's a lot of work to, to be that dedicated to get on there. But since I deleted my Facebook app and I don't watch the news, I got this email from the VA and it said uh, things like, just checking on you, making sure you know that your time and service was worth it. You did a good job while you were there. You know, just kind of reassuring me that I, it wasn't for anything, for nothing. It wasn't wasted. And I'm reading this like, what happened? <laughs> you know, well, that's one of the perks of watching the news. You kind of know what's going on in the world a little bit. I had no idea what was going on in Afghanistan. And so I came to came to the church here the next morning and I was telling Pastor Jim about it and he kind of filled me in a little bit and 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 we kind of talked about it. And my one of my first thoughts was this is a mass email. Now, I wasn't even in Afghanistan. I was in Iraq. So I'm thinking, why is it sent to me? You know, but just a, a broad Mass email got sent out to the veterans through the VA system and telling us, hey, you, you did a good job. Okay. Don't, don't you worry about what's going on now. What you did was worth it. And I thought, if this, is this where my confidence is coming from? From this email? I'm glad they did. I'm, I'm glad they did that. I don't want to make fun of them or, or downsize it. But it made me sad a little bit to think, yes, that's, Probably where some veterans confidence is coming from is this email telling them they did a good job. Years of their lives, what didn't go to waste years away from their family didn't go to waste. And I believe that to be true. But so I had to do some self-reflection. Where's my confidence? Do I need this email? Am I worried about it? Do I think that way? Do, do I need to go maybe talk to somebody? And that's good. If you if you do, I encourage you to do that. Uh, but I got to thinking, is my confidence in me or is it in God? That's right. So that's where this whole thing came from. Uh, self-confidence versus God confidence. Whenever I, I think about these, I think they're both important. Okay. I don't think there's one that's, that's better than the other. I think they're both important, but I think it kind of goes in steps and I'm going to kind of go backwards of how I kind of put these together. First, how can we have God confidence without first having our identity in Christ? So think about that. How can we be confident in our Father God, the Lord above, if we don't even have our foundation set in Jesus? That's right. 
So keep, keep going backwards with me as I was working this out and thinking about it. Our foundation is needed to be in Jesus Christ so that we can build the faith that is needed to have that confidence in God. And guess what? Here's some good news. If your foundation is so solid in Christ that your identity is in Christ, that self-confidence is going to come right along with it. We have the honor of working with your youth. And one of the big things I see in America today, and maybe just Barton County, I doubt it, but maybe it is. We have a confidence problem. We see these these kids that are growing up with social media and all this stuff and 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 you know and this uh I gotta be nice, you know, I don't uh the people keyboard warriors, that's why I'm trying to dance around. We got people who are are tough behind a, a cell phone. And 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 I'm not one. I mean, yes, bullying is real, but I also don't want us to raise a, a a bunch of victims either, okay? So there's a fine line there, but it's real. And we have kids today that have confidence problems because their identity is not in Christ. It's through social media or what people think about them or what people say. Now, here's the tough news. That's adults, too. It's not just kids. I'm focusing on the kids that I'm talking about, but it's not just them. It's us. So as a whole, I believe the church body has some confidence issues if we are not rooted in Christ. And so that's the first thing we're going to be talking about today. There's three points I'm going to try to get. When I was putting this together, I knew that uh, Pastor Kent was praying for me. I know Pastor Jim was praying for me. Uh, by the way, uh, let's. I'll, actually, I want to do that right now. Here in about three minutes, uh, I'm going to pause for a second. Let's pray for the cards of the service. Okay, pray with me. Father God, I ask that you be with Pastor Kent as he's getting ready to speak here shortly. I ask that you be with Kyle as he plays. And I ask that you be with uh, Pastor Giselle as she is going to be singing. And I ask that the interpretation is smooth. And I ask that everybody that is part of that service is uh, knows your presence through the word that is spoken. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. So Pastor Kent is at... At 10.30, here in a few minutes, is starting the Carthage morning service to fill in for Pastor Embar. And there's interpreters. That's where Pastor Giselle is. She's over there. She's actually going to be singing in Spanish. And uh, so so we're believing that that service is, is going well. But I knew that they were praying for me. And they can tell me later. They're probably... They'll let me know, but I don't know if they were talking about it or if the Holy Spirit both uh, let him know that they needed to check on me because yesterday pretty much within five minutes I got a message saying you're good for tomorrow. You know, you're ready to go. They were checking on me, which I appreciate, you know, uh, I, I look up to both those men. And, and so it gave me some little confidence that this probably is what I needed to talk about today. See how that works? The Holy Spirit is who gives us that confidence. And so the three things I want to talk about, and hopefully I get time to go through all of them. If I get to talking too fast, or if I get to stuttering, or the youth know this, if you hear a whistle come out, you know I talk too fast and I need to slow it down, okay? But the goal is, is to get through this because... There's a possibility you guys might hear this again in like a, a revival or, or a series or something. There's so much information that can be packed into this, uh, but we're going to get through it. First one is true self-confidence comes from knowing our identity in Christ. 
The second one is what happens as our identity changes as a, from a, from the world to a child of God. Okay. What, how that changes. And the three, how do we transition our minds from getting from our self confidence to God confidence? And what we're going to talk about there is most of us would agree that God can move in our lives. But what we're going to talk about is do we believe that he will? There's a difference. Okay, so that's what we're going to be digging into. And the first one, so knowing our identity. I love this this song that we sang. Did you guys catch that? Isn't that great how the Holy Spirit works? Talks about he fathers the orphans. That's us. That's us. We sang praising him for fathering us. Isn't that great? Okay, so let's look at some scripture real quick. First one, Ephesians 1, 4 through 7. I'm going to read them and we're going to dig in and, and look up some scripture too here in just a second. But so Ephesians 1, 4 through 7. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. The next one, Galatians 4, 4 through 7. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you're his child, God has made you also an heir. And we're going to read one more here. Romans 8, 14 through 17. If you're taking notes, I'm going to be blurting out a lot of just scripture references. Uh, but we will be digging in and reading some together. So Romans 8, 14 through 17. For those of you who are led by the Spirit of God are called the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that the, so that live in fear again rather than live in fear again rather the Spirit you received brought about your, your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are, we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in His sufferings in order that we may also share in His glory. Now, sometimes there's a little bit of false humility that comes in and we say, well, I don't know about that co-heir with Christ thing. That one's a little hard to understand. Do we believe what the word says? Right? So therefore, if we believe what the word says, we should believe it in 100% truth. And the truth says that we are co-heirs with Christ. Now that's a whole other topic. That's another sermon you could get into and dive deep. That's a great study if you ever wanted to do it. But what made me think about is that adoption. As most of you guys know, if you didn't know, our three-year-old we adopted. And when we were in court... They asked us questions, you know, like, uh, if by chance you happen to get divorced, you understand you're going to have to pay child support on this child, just like your uh, own child. We said yes, you know, obviously. And and uh, they said things like, you understand that you have to uh, 
leave an inheritance the same as you would uh, your child that you guys birthed. We said yes. You know, Their job was to make sure we understood Dalton was our son. That's their job. They did a good job of it. And if you ask him today, there's no question. He knows that we are his parents. No question about it. Usually if he sees me, you can hear him go, Daddy! And then he's running, knocking people over, you know, trying to give me a hug or something. He knows without a doubt we are his parents. There's no questioning. There's no gray area. There's no wondering, you know, if it's true. He knows it is. The same type of adoption through sonship is that same unwavering faith that we need to have. Our mindsets need to be that kingdom mindset, knowing our Father God has adopted us. If we've accepted Jesus as our Christ, as our Lord and Savior, and we're living for Him, we are adopted into Him. Now that's easy to read sometimes, and that's easy to, 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 to listen to. But we need to start believing it. And that is not for just the unbeliever or the new believer. That's for those of us that maybe have been believers a long time. Because we might need that refresher. If there's doubt that starts to come in, we need that reminder. Father God is our Father in heaven. Jesus taught us how to pray, right? How did he start? Our Father who art in heaven. We acknowledge that every time we say the Lord's Prayer. We speak it. The power and life and death in the tongue. We speak it. And it's true. We need to know that. How can our identity be rooted in Christ if we question the very fact that He's our Father? So we got to know it. We can't have a question about it. We can't have a gray area. we got to know that we know that we know that we know. And it is. And it is. This was the same in the Roman culture. You heard it three different places. But in the Roman culture, it was the same way as it is now. Those same things that we were asked before a judge when we adopted Dalton were the same things that they had to do if they were to adopt someone. Those same rights came to be to that child that was adopted. That kingdom mindset sometimes is stolen. So think about that. Is stolen. John 10.10. 10. It's the thief that comes to kill, steal, and destroy, right? Jesus says, I have come to give you life, life more abundantly. If that doubt starts to creep in that I don't, you know, how could the, how could Father God accept me? Maybe that's a lie that you've heard. I've heard this one before. We don't know what I've done. I don't need to know. Jesus came to give us life, life more abundantly. And so if the enemy tries to, to sneak that in there, we need to make sure that we know the truth. We are that new creation as first or second Corinthians 517 talks about. The old is gone. The new is here. Sometimes we need a, a refreshing of new. <laughs> I'm, I am one. I get that. But we are a new creation when that adoption happened. We changed Dalton's name. 
He now has our last name. In fact, his name is Joseph Dalton Costley because I was so sure that he was going to be my son. I wanted my oldest child to have my namesake. Asher was born before he was adopted, but I knew he was going to be our son. God designed that little boy to be our son. Now, I have to remind myself of this, okay? (laughs) You guys know Dalton. He was designed to be my child, I promise you. So 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us about that new creation. Now, whenever this doubt might creep in, I don't want to speak it over you, but it might, okay? We live in a fallen world. What I want us to start doing is, if you have not done this already, is start making a list. Maybe in your journal, maybe just uh, somewhere on your fridge or your mirror at home. A list of all the promises that God says you are. Okay, I made a list. I I speak it. I'm just going to go through a few of these, but we need to make sure that we see it often, daily if possible. Okay, so we are one in Christ with other belief believers, and I'm just going to run through these Galatians 328. We are blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. We are holy and blameless. We are adopted as God's children. We are forgiven. Ephesians one, three through seven. We are identified as belonging to God by the Holy Spirit, Ephesians 1.13. We are God's work of art, Ephesians 2.10. We are under, we share in the promise of blessing through Christ, Ephesians 3.6. We are made complete in Christ and set free for, from our sin for nature, Colossians 2.10 and 11. And we have eternal glory, 2 Timothy 2.10. Now, if you have any doubt in those, if I was reading those and you thought, I don't know about that, I challenge you to go look it up in your Bible. Go look it up in your Bible. You write it down. Don't go off my list. I challenge you. You should go look it up. And then there's also what's known as an I am list. If you guys have heard of this, uh, the movie Overcomer talks about this and, and he tells her to go through the book of Ephesians and every promise you write down, I am, okay? So the I am list, God said, I am that I am. We know that, right? So the I am list, if you are struggling with your identity, knowing if it is rooted in Christ or not, I challenge you to make an I am list. And this one's mine. This is a short list. Uh, mine is, is, is more personal, but this is kind of a generic one that I came up with. Uh, and I have scripture backed with each one of these, uh, but I, I don't, I'm not going to read them because I want you guys to maybe start your own. Okay. So my first one I have, I am loved. I am accepted. I am a child of God. I am Jesus's friend. I am a joint heir with Jesus, sharing in his inheritance with him. I am redeemed and forgiven. I am complete in Jesus. I am free from condemnation. I am a new creation because I am in Christ. I am chosen of God, holy and dearly loved. I am established, anointed and sealed by God. I do not have the spirit of fear, but of love, power and sound mind. I am God's co-worker. I am seated in a heavenly place with Christ. I have direct access to God. I am chosen to bear fruit. I am one of God's living stones being built up in Christ as a spiritual house. I have been given exceedingly great and precious promises by God 
by which I share his nature. I can always know the presence of God because he never leaves me. God works in me to help me do the things he wants me to do. And I can ask for God for wisdom and he will give it to me. So I have my scripture references with each one of those. But if that's something you've never heard of or you think that's kind of odd or weird or or maybe you challenge some of those that I said out loud, go look them up. Just as you're doing your study, as you're doing your personal time with God and you got that word, the word of God open or maybe you're listening through to the Bible app. If one of those comes up and, and it's a it's a promise, write it down. Add it to your list and that will help us build that confidence, that self-confidence in Christ. Okay, so the 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 lasting self-confidence, I believe, has to be through Christ. And I wanted to cover that real quick Um, to an unbeliever. Maybe there's an unbeliever here watching. That sounded a little arrogant, didn't it? (laughs) A little overconfident, maybe. Those are there because I need to hear it. I need to hear those promises. And I believe we all do at some time or another. And so the world will say, "Eh, I don't know about that. He's just getting a little big for his britches, maybe. But that's why I have the scripture reference with it. Okay. Now, lasting confidence comes from knowing that this is true. And that's why I'm really kind of pushing you guys to go look it up for yourself. I don't think you should take my word for it. I don't think anybody watching should just say, oh, yeah, he said it should be true. That's not the case. I want you guys to go look it up. And then you know it's true. If there's any questions of what 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 I said, go look it up for yourself and you know it's true. To do that, you got to believe that the Bible is true. If you don't believe that the Bible is true, then you're going to have questions either way. So the Bible is solid. We know it's true. We know it's stood the test of time. And then we can dig into it to help with our identity that we have. And so the next part I want to talk about is this, uh, what happens as our life changes into that God confidence. Going from knowing he can to knowing he will. And this is uh, maybe not the, 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 the topic that all of us want to hear. Just to, just to be up front. Because this is that transition phase. This is the part that where the before and after of a renovation, all the work that happened in between, this is that part. Okay? That transition is sometimes where we get stuck. There are times where our growth happens that we have to realize we've become A little stagnant. That's that self-reflection. This is not just for the new believer, even though it is for the new believer. This is not just for the, the believer that's been experienced in years. But it's for them also. It's for all of us. This is where the call to action takes place. As Pastor Ken has been preaching uh, a few weeks ago of that leveling up, taking it to the next level in our relationship with the world. This is where the world, your friends, your peers, your family, will see a transition. They will see that new creation coming about. There should be 
something that can be seen. Okay, uh, the, the the Bible talks about uh, the signs and wonders, right, of the Holy Spirit. This is the signs and wonders. I'm not just talking about gifts of the Spirit. It could be how we treat our spouse. This could be how we interact with coworkers. This could be how we just go about our day, our, our, the things that we do in and out of every day. It doesn't matter what it is, but there should be something. This is that growth. Okay? Now, sometimes this is easier just to talk about than do. Sometimes it's easy to uh, read it, say, yep, that's good, I'm, I'm checking that box. But then putting it into practice is what sometimes is hard. David said, search my heart, O God, know that I am pure. That's a hard prayer to, to, to say, search my heart, O God. But if we're going to get to that God confidence, if we're going to go from just that self-confidence to the God confidence, I think this transition phase is needed. You can hear it in just about every sermon, some kind of push to go do something, some kind of call to action, leveling up, as Pastor Kent said. There's something that we can take away and go put into action. When we leave the doors, when we stop watching, whatever it is, we take what was talked about and we do it. We become that doers of the word. So turn with me to Revelations 3.15. This is a verse that's fairly common. Um, if you haven't heard it before, I'm sure it won't be the last time you hear it. But Revelations 3.15. Jesus is talking here. And he says, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. Some versions say vomit. That does not sound pleasant. But who's he talking about? He's talking to that stagnant Christian that thinks they've got it figured out and they're good. He's not talking to the unbeliever. He's talking to the church. So I like how my footnote says it. And we know, I got to say this, we know a footnote in a Bible, a study Bible, is nothing but an opinion of the people who put the Bible together. Okay, so it's not scripture, it's an opinion, but I agree with it. It says lukewarm water makes a disgusting drink. The church in Laodicea had become lukewarm and thus distasteful and repugnant. The believers didn't take a stand for anything. Have we seen that in America? Not here. They were indifference. They had led to idleness. By neglecting doing anything for Christ, the church had become hardened and self-satisfied where they were. And it was destroying itself. There is nothing more disgusting than a half-hearted, in-name-only Christian who is self-sufficient. Don't settle for following God halfway. Let Christ fire up your faith and get you into action. Now, 
I really wanted to read that so you knew it was their opinion. But yet I agree with it. Some of those are hard to hear. Some of that might set us on our heels a little bit. Make us maybe a little defensive. That's not who Christ is. See, there's no condemnation in Christ. Christ is love. So if we can receive this with love, and if that's us today, we receive it in love. That's when we can go make a difference. If we become even more hardened or defensive. I don't know what's going to happen after that. But I don't want to find out. And I'm talking to this guy. This guy needs to hear this. It's amazing how busy pastors get. I had no idea. The schedules. Most of everybody doesn't. And I heard this a long time ago. But if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. And it can be busy with good stuff. So I needed to hear this. I read that when I was doing this study and it stood out to me. That's why it's highlighted and there's a star. I needed to hear it. So receive it in love. So I really like how Peter says it. Uh, The youth know this and I've probably said it before. I relate a lot with Peter. He's the guy that just kind of spouts things out, you know, without thinking. And, and he's that, that definitely that creation or new creation as God kind of formed him to who he's, uh, that we know him as, you know, the, the guy he was. But anyway, I relate with Peter. I really like how he writes it down. So turn with me to second Peter chapter one. And I think this just kind of sums it up. I'm guessing Peter saw this happening maybe a little bit. Or he, the Holy Spirit told him that this was going to be needed in the future. I'm sure this isn't the first time we needed to hear it. But I like how Peter says it. So verse 3. And we're going to read through these here. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 3. His, and, and by the way, I'm reading out of the NIV. Okay, all my study Bible, the NIV, and the, what's up on the board is the NIV. If you have a different translation, that's okay. Just, just follow along. Okay, so verse 3. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. We could just about stop there. And that would say it. We've given, we've been given what we need. Let's keep going. Verse four. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection love for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our lord jesus christ I needed to hear that. 
Do we want to just spin our wheels or we want to go make a difference? I believe that. We want to make a difference. You guys wouldn't be here. You guys wouldn't be watching online if you didn't want to make a difference. So this isn't hounding it in. This isn't pounding it in. This is an encouragement to you. Continue. Keep going. Okay? Verse 9. But. Whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I want to be that guy. I want to be the guy that that knows that I know that I know that I know that I know and nobody is going to come in and take it away. And to do that is that continued growth. So this transition phase, it is important. Okay. Now I got to stop being so long winded because we're running out of time. But the third thing that we're going to talk about is that. Knowing that he will. And we're going to go through a great example of this. So how do we know from going that he can to he will, that he will, except through faith, right? And we know Hebrews 11.1 says that faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. God has already done miracles in your life because you're sitting here breathing today. In a free country where we can still get together. Not everybody has that. So if we're ever doubting what God's done for us, we need to be thinking about the simple things because that'll lead us to the big things. And so turn with me. We're going to look at a great example here. Turn with me to 1 Samuel 17. This is how we know that that God confidence is there. Okay, we're going to look at David. You guys know the story of David and Goliath, right? Not the baby kid story because they leave out, you know, cutting off the head and everything. We're not talking about that, that story. We're talking about the real story. Okay, and the pre-story to the real story is this. David, you guys know the story. He went up and he heard this Philistine blaspheming and saying all these bad things. And he thought, are you guys just going to stand here and listen to this? And he said, I'll go fight him. And the king, and they all said, no, 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 you can't do that. You're just a kid, right? And then he, and then he went to the king and, and the king said, I don't think this is a good idea. So read with me in 1 Samuel 17, verse 34. But David said to Saul, who was the king, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by the hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord you rescued me from the paw of the lion and the bear will, will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. He believed it to the point so much, he had to go talk the king into it. He had to go convince the king who was in charge. I can do this because the Lord, our God, is on my side. He knew it. 
He didn't know that he just could. He knew that he will. And he would. You guys know the story. Saul tried to put him in his armor. He said, I can't wear this. This is nonsense. So he took it off and everything. Anyway, he went out there. Goliath, you know, was spouting his uh, nonsense to him. Read with me in verse 45. Power and life and death is in the tongue. If we're talking death over our lives today, we need to stop it now. We must be speaking life over ourselves, over our kids, over our family, over the church, over the pastors. Anything that we're in contact with, we need to be speaking life. It matters what we say. Verse 45. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give your carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel, and all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's, and He will give all of you into our hands." I love the next verse. It says that he ran towards Goliath. He didn't dance around. You guys know the story. He reached in there. He had a few stones, but he only needed one. He ran towards that giant. He slung it round and round, threw it right into his head, killed him. Took his own sword and cut off his head. Then he carried the head with him back to Saul. and said, here you go. Kid stories, leave that out. Dalton's heard it. (laughs) When we go through that one, I just kind of throw it in at the end. Our words matter. We have to have so much self-confidence in Christ that we are able to get to the point where we can have God confidence and to the point that we know He will move in our lives. He will move in your life, in this church. He will move across this nation. He will move. We got to believe it. And it starts here, through Christ, and outward. So today we got an altar call. Got something tough to tell you. This is only for the believer today. The promises are there for the believer. If you're not a believer, we need to get you in touch with Jesus Christ. It's kind of hard to hear, I know. I don't know everybody here. I know a lot of you. I don't know where we are. Maybe we've, we're a believer, but we've, we've backslid a little bit. There's no condemnation in Christ. I was, I was that he... But these promises, everything we talked about, how can we be confident in Christ if we're not even a believer in Christ? That's step one. We gotta be a believer. We gotta confess it with our mouth and know that Jesus is our Lord and Savior. So if that's you today and you wanna accept Christ, I ask that you come to me. These altars are open for anybody. If, if maybe if you've uh, found yourself stagnant, that transition phase kind of got stuck in. I ask that you get right with the Lord today. If you need prayer for anything else, these altars are open. 
Maybe simply we just need to go from that we know he can to know that he will. And we need to speak it and we need to come around each other and we need to be in full agreement on it. To know that he will. So if you would stand with me, we're going to pray and we got, uh, I know I'm running over. I'm sorry, Golden City. Uh, I'm not that sorry. (laughs) So let's pray because the Lord's here. The Lord's here. The Holy Spirit's here. Maybe it could be as simple as if you can't feel the Holy Spirit's presence right now. Go to the altar and ask him. He is faithful. So let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this example that we have in scripture. I ask that you help all of us to take the time in the near future to go into your word and to dig in and find those promises for ourselves. I thank you for that love that you give us, that that mercy and that forgiveness that you give us. Let us not take it for granted. I thank you for your presence here. And I thank you for the move of the spirit that's happening right now. In the hearts that are here, that are in Golden City, and that are online. Could be even watching later, I don't know. But I know your presence is here and the Holy Spirit is moving. So I ask that you give us all that boldness to step forward. That call to action is now. I ask that you help us to level up as you've called Pastor Kent to to show us and guide us in that. Let it be now. Let it be today, Jesus. Move upon us. It's in your holy name, Jesus, I pray. Amen.